Welcome to Grace River Church, located in Virginia Beach, Virginia. Our mission is to see every generation experience the transforming power of God in every area of their lives. We hope you enjoy today's message. Well, as Pastor Corey shared a moment ago, we're wrapping up this series on Write This Down. And if you were with us several weeks ago when we started the series, and we, we've stemmed it out of Revelations chapter 21, when Jesus is talking to John, the revelation is given to John, and he says, I want you to write this down, these words that I am telling you, that I will make all things new, you can trust it. And that's what we talked about on week one. The fact is that you can trust God. Anything we talk about, if you don't trust the Lord and his word, it doesn't really matter anyway. We can talk about a lot of things, but if you don't trust God and his word, what are you basing that truth on? So we talked about that you can trust him. We talked about the fact that he has made a way for us through his son, Jesus Christ. There is a way. Jesus Christ. And he's still the answer. We talked about the fact that we have to be obedient to Christ. We've talked about a lot of good stuff the last several weeks. We talked about getting to some core issues. Dealing with some real things in our life that need to be dealt with. We talked uh, last week, or the week before, that there really is a new thing that God is doing. Will we not perceive it? And I, I also just want to stop here for a moment. And I know Nick and the youth are upstairs, but I understand we had a powerful, wonderful move of God last week. Amen. That's worth celebrating a lot better than that, but amen. But it's good because God is doing something. He's doing something in us and among us. And if we're not careful, we just sort of get stuck in not just being around blessings so much that you just think they're normal. It can be. But we just miss what God is doing. Or we get down about something. Something's weighing us down. Depression. Whatever it may be. I, I, I want to wrap this series up by talking about this. The end is just the beginning. The end is just the beginning. As a matter of fact, in Romans, I'm sorry, Revelations chapter 21, when Jesus tells John to write this down, he, he says, I'm making all things new. I, I want you to understand that something cannot become new until something else stops becoming. Nothing becomes new until something is and I want us to look at this this morning because life is a series of transitions. Life is a series of events. Life is a series of ups and downs. But what that, the culmination of that is simply this. There are things that start, there are things that end. And, and sometimes when things end, we have a hard time of letting things go. And we want to move into new beginnings, but but the end is just the beginning. Now, I want to break this down for a few moments this morning. In Deuteronomy chapter 34, we're going to use this passage because it's a powerful illustration of how this is walked out. Before I read this, this happens in, in a couple different ways, but predominantly, and I've, that's how I'm going to preach this this morning, there's, there's the end of something. There's the in-between period, and then there's the new beginning. 
Now, some of you have heard it framed something like this. You're either in a storm, coming out of a storm, or going into a storm. I don't like that illustration. Yeah. That means there's just always a storm and you're somewhere around it, right? Here's, here's the reality. We can have peace in the midst of the storm. But what I'm talking about this morning, and, and this, there's several ways to approach this, but what I'm talking about is there's got to be an end to some things before new things can begin. But even then, there's an in-between time. So let's read this passage in Deuteronomy chapter 34, starting at verse 5. It says, So Moses, the servant of the Lord, died there in the land of Moab, according to the word of the Lord. And he buried him in the valley in the land of Moab, opposite Bethor. But no one knows the place of his burial to this day. Moses was 120 years old when he died, and his eyes were undimmed and his vigor unabated. People of Israel wept for Moses in the plains of Moab 30 days. Then the days of weeping and mourning for Moses was ended, and Joshua the son of Nun was full of the spirit of wisdom, for Moses had laid his hands on him. I just added uh, the last part of that verse. I don't think it's on the screen. So the people of Israel obeyed him and did as the Lord had commanded Moses. There, there's an ending of things, there's an in-between, and there's a new beginning. I just want you to get that in your mind, these three stages. So, so what does an ending of things look like? Well, <clears throat> it may seem pretty basic, but there's got to be an ending of the old. So there can be the beginning of a new. There's got to be an ending. And when we pray sometimes for God to begin things, we don't realize that we're also, even though we're not verbalizing it, what we're also praying is, God, something's got to end so something can begin. Lord, I, I want a new relationship. I want a new marriage. You, you can, but something's got to end. Lord, I, I need a new whatever. I need a new beginning. I need a new call. I need a new direction in my life. Those things are very possible if you'll understand that with those things, there's got to be an ending. There's an ending. And so these endings happen in our lives, and it really is meant to bring closure. End makes room for beginning. And we see there's, there's three things that when, when we read this passage, there's three things that happen. Moses died. He was buried. And no one knew where he was. Now let's look at that for a second. Moses died. Now what does that mean? This man is the, the, the word of God tells us he's the greatest prophet of Israel. We know the miracles uh, throughout his life that he performed. When you read the Old Testament, he wrote the first five books. He, he's powerfully used of God. He's a powerful leader. He brings the children of Israel out of bondage. Takes them through the wilderness and through good days and bad days. He just leads them. He's a powerful leader. God uses him. People know him today. Even if they're not believers, they know who Moses is. But Moses died. I don't care how great you are. You've got a day. 
I don't care how powerful you are or how well you feel right now. <laughs> Have you ever been young enough that you were invincible? You just, nothing can happen to me. And the angels are laughing. And he's, he's going to climb that ladder one more time, Lord, watch him. I've done that. I still think I can climb trees and cut branches. I still think I can climb ladders. But the next day, I'm like, I'm not doing this anymore. Uh, I say that because there's this brutal awakening that happens to us all that you're not made to last forever. Things are not made to last forever here. That's why God even says, I will make all things new. This world has fallen. It's not meant to last forever. You see, I, what I'm talking about today is going to be a little bit tough for some of us because we're all in very different places. And this speaks of good and powerfully bad. Because good things that we're doing, some of you are walking in a very good place of ministry. Some of you are walking in a very good place of life. But, but God might be calling you to some change. And even the good thing has to end. Even the thing that you think, man, we got it rocking now, Lord. I'm finally in the groove. Have you ever prayed that? Lord, we just want to get in the groove. That's called a, a grave. Because if you get in a groove and you're not willing to move into new territory, you're just there for the burial. But he said Moses had to die. So some things have to die, right? I'm not going to dwell here. Uh, then he was buried. This is where we can't handle it. Uh, naturally, and we, we've got families in the church here. We've just had two funerals in the last two and a half weeks. We've got another funeral in two weeks. Memorial service. Because life here doesn't last forever. And why do we have burials? Because that helps us bring closure. Can you imagine if we didn't have burials? Can you imagine? Now, I know that sounds silly, and I'm not trying to be uh, grotesque, but can you imagine if we did not have burials? What would we do? Just we want to have them because we don't want to, to somehow view life without them. That doesn't make sense, does it? We know that they're not here. And the burial is, is very painful, but the burial is necessary because now the grieving can start. Now, what does that mean for us spiritually? I wonder how many dead things we're still walking around with. I wonder how many dead things that we've said, I'm, I'm going to let that end in my life, but we've not buried it. We've not buried it. And we try to move forward, but, but somehow we just keep being drawn back to this stench because we won't bury it. Uh, maybe there's something in our lives that we've wrestled with and we keep finding ourselves going back to it. Well, Pastor, are you saying we don't wrestle with things? No, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you right now you're going to wrestle with things. I'm just trying to make sure that I'm not wrestling because I'm playing there. I'm trying to make sure I'm not wrestling with it because I keep going there. You see, if something's buried, you can't pick it up. Now, I know there's an old song, old country song. Believe it or not, I, I just love old country songs. And Randy Travis, very well-known country theologian, has a song called Digging Up Bones. Resurrecting memories of a past that's dead and gone. 
You know, um, we spend a lot of our time, if we're not careful, doing that, trying to dig up stuff. Now, this is not a marriage message today, but moms and dads, husbands and wives, listen. Um, the, the, the worst thing we could ever do is keep digging up bones. The best way not to move forward in any relationship is to keep going to the past. Is to keep going to that thing that's, that you've been trying to... We, I thought that was dead. Yeah, but you never buried it. So he talks about Moses being dead. Am I making sense? Moses being dead and burying something. But, but the Bible says that when the Lord buried him, no one knew where he was. Now, why is that important? I think having memorials for things are important. I think when we build a big, beautiful building and put somebody's name on the side of it for a century, we know that that stands for something. We have memorialized things that we shouldn't memorialize. But, but why Moses? Moses was a powerful leader. Moses was a powerful influence. As a matter of fact, if you read the very small book of Jude, uh, verse 9, I believe it is, the archangel Michael and Satan have, a, have a, a, a fight, have a battle, have a wrestling match over the body of Moses. Why? Why is this even an issue? Why are they fighting over the body of Moses? Because God knew that the children of Israel, if they knew where Moses was buried, they would run back there and build a big memorial and live there. Man, Moses was able to do this. And see, as long as I'm thinking about Moses was able, Joshua would not be. As long as Moses was, was able to be found and monumented and built up. and Now, we have the Bible. We are constantly reminded of Moses. The prophets constantly remind the children of Israel how they were led out of bondage. He's not saying forget Moses. He's not saying forget what you lost. He said you just can't live what you lost. Something's got to end. That's why even the beginning of Joshua, the very first verse, God tells Joshua, Moses, my servant, is dead. It's one of those things where we just have to come to grips with this, this thing in my life. What, what's this thing that God's been doing? And maybe I'm really, really good at it, or maybe it's a sin. I can tell you there's been many times in my personal life where Diane and I have been involved in ministry, been involved in different churches, been involved in powerful moves of God, but you just have this wrestling. You just sort of know down in your spirit something's getting ready to change. Um, it, it might be your location. It might be how you do things. How many of you understand when I say that what you used to do doesn't work anymore? The way you used to do ministry, maybe. If you own a business, how you operated 20 years ago has changed drastically. Generations come along who can only be talked to a certain way. And if you had a business that was, if, if you're here in your 50s and 60s and you own your own business, you cannot talk to this generation like you did the generation you worked with 20 years ago. You can't say, Get up and get out there or you're fired. As soon as you said get out there, they're like, see ya. I'm going to find another job. You know? And we learned that pretty quick. Why? Because some things have to die. Um, some, the way you lead has to change. The way we parent has to change. You can't just do what you do 
or what you, you know, your grandfather may have told you, I'd take him out back and teach him a lesson. I'd take one of those switches off the tree. Granddaddy would be in jail. Hello? Corey worked for social services. Go spank, go spank a child with a switch today. And we'll visit you. Now, my personal opinion is, I know people who need it. I know several adults who need it. I believe that's called caning in the Philippines. I'm not sure. But I'm not, this isn't about physical abuse. This is about things change. Things change. You can get upset about it all day. You can protest. You can get bent out of shape. But what God is telling us, things die. Things die. Bury it. And, and then forget about it. Now this is pretty hard because it, to, depending on where you are, I know there's a couple of different ways you can look at this. I don't have time this morning to take every avenue capable that's why I would love to meet with you personally and walk with you through some of these things because the reality is some of you I know have just lost loved ones. I know. And that grieving is real. But the reality is as real as it is, a new beginning is possible. So he says things must die. Moses died. But then secondly... There's that in-between time. Now, what does that in-between time mean? Do you understand what I'm saying when I say that, that, that most of us here, we just want to go straight from the end to a new beginning? We don't want to miss a step. It's just, it's our culture. We, we're just expecting to be able, you know, as soon as the 1 o'clock game is over, you can change the channel and be right into the next game. Right? It doesn't even have to be your favorite team. You can just be there. Right? There's enough channels on television that you can, if you can't find your favorite movie, you can make a couple of quick changes. There's no in-between time. You can even watch Netflix and cut out all the in-between, and there's no commercials. But your life is not Netflix. There's an in-between time. In-between time is a healing time. In-between time is a learning time. In between time is, is the realignment time. Now, why is that important? Have you ever known anybody that maybe, maybe they, they transitioned from a job, but for whatever reason, whatever reason they hated about that job, they didn't just change jobs, they brought hate right into their next job. And they just, they automatically hated their new boss, they just didn't even know why. Hello? Um, how many of you know what the word rebound means in relationships? And, and people keep saying, well, the third time's a charm. Not if you keep dragging the first charm into it. Okay? It's, it's not about if I get a lot of practice, I'll get better. It's about if you don't let things die. If you don't let things get buried, if you don't let things be dealt with, if you don't learn something, am I making any sense? You see, we find ourselves in a situation where we're saying, God, I want to move into this new area. God, I'm ready for this new thing. Lord, I want to move into what you call me to do. I, I want to be what you call me to be. And all God is saying is, okay, but, but there's this in-between time. 
Now, first of all, if you've experienced loss, there really is grief. We talked about it about a moment ago, very briefly. There really is grief. What is grief? Grief is, is allowing yourself to know that there's been a loss. And there's many different descriptions and cycles of grief that people have described. We know there's anger, disbelief, that numbness. Why God? You're mad at the world because you've lost something that's been very personal, but somehow the world just keeps going like nothing's happened, and you're just broken. You can't move into a new thing like that. If, if that's you this morning, stay there because grieving is not wrong. It's necessary. It's better for you to stay there and be healed. Now, this doesn't mean you don't have to go to work Monday. And please, there's people that you can take off a few days. I'm not saying that. My point is, if you've lost someone, and I know some of you sitting here have, you've lost someone in the last month, take time and weep. You're broken. That in-between time is where Jesus can bring you joy. That in-between time, sometimes we're, we're trying to move into new things and we're wondering why everything is so laborious, everything is so stressful. We have no passion. And it's a new thing, but there's no passion, there's no drive, and we're angry, we're upset. It's because we're still, there's, not any, there's not been any healing from the last thing that you did not let die, from the last thing that you did not bury. Am I making any sense? So he said, let, let those things go, but then let me heal you. Let healing take place. And see, that, that in-between time, if, if you've lost a loved one or if you've lost something, it, it doesn't even have to, listen, it doesn't even have to be a person. If you've lost something, there's an emptiness, there's a brokenness, and you go through a process of, of what that feels like. I can remember when I was a, a much younger man, when people talked, I had people have prayer requests for their pets. And I'm like, oh, what are they talking? This is before I was pastoring. I'm like, what are they talking about? Give me a break. A couple years now, I, having lost a few pets, I'm, I'm like, I need a couple days. You know what I'm saying? You know, when we lost our, our Rudy, our chocolate lab, our second son, uh, I, had, I really had to grieve over that. Okay. Um, when we were living in Milford, Delaware, we had a beagle one time, and my son went in, and we were having to put the beagle down, and Matt's like, put it down. Matt went out to the car, my son and Diane and Adrian are sitting in the car crying, and they said, what did he do? He said, we put him down. And I just told Diane, don't let Matthew handle any of my... Don't let my son handle any of my stuff. Because he will put me down, I'm telling you. <laughs> no obvious reason. He just didn't look like he felt good. You can't, you can't move forward until there's been some healing. It, it may be as simple as you lost the car. You lost the house. That's devastating. You lost your job. That's, yes, that's devastating, but there's a new beginning. You don't have to lose hope in God. There's a new beginning. It's what, are, what am I willing to stand still and learn in that process? Rather than keep grinding it out, grieve. And that's, 
That's not built into us in every area of our life. But, but we see here that, that there was a 30-day period that the children of Israel grieved and they wept over Moses. But then the Bible says that Joshua, being full of wisdom, because Moses had laid his hands on him. Joshua goes to the children of Israel and it's time to go. See, there, there will come a point in your grieving when you'll be ready. There'll be a point in your, in your grieving where I'm, I'm ready to take some steps. I, I try to not have to have words to say to people when they're walking through loss, but we're human, aren't we? And I try, I try my best not to try to say things that we all just sort of let slip out sometimes. But here's what I've, I've learned about grieving. You're, you're through grieving when you, instead of thinking about that person and how you wish they were here, you're thinking more in terms of, I can't wait till I'm there. Now you're ready to move forward. Because waiting for things to be here keep you frozen. Waiting for things to be like they were keep you living there, not pressing into something new. And when God says, I'm making all things new, he's speaking to every area of our life. And, and he's not saying that, that you just get what you want. He's saying there's a call, there's a giftedness, there's something that he's put in your spirit. There's a restlessness. There's something that God wants to do in your life in, in the area that you know he's wrestling with you about. And for you to move there is asking yourself the question, have I shut down those places in my life that need to die? Am I willing to walk away from some things? And yes, we know what Hebrew says, that we should lay down every sin and weight that so easily ensnares us. But, but maybe it's not sin. Maybe, maybe you're sort of like Philip. And you're having a, a powerful move of God in your life. Philip in the book of Acts was ministering in Samaria and people were being saved, lives were being changed, people were being delivered. I mean, there was a massive move of God and God says, go, leave. Where, Lord? There's one guy I want you to minister to. Well, how big is that stage, Lord? We don't even have internet. Nobody will know who I am, Jesus. See, that's the problem. Because if, if I'm not careful, I'm saying, Lord, I can't leave what you're doing here and go to one person. Send a rookie. After all, Lord, doesn't it say in a small group training somewhere, didn't Pastor John say one time he'd rather us mess up in front of six people than 60? So send, send a rookie just to minister to one. No, see, it's not about being a rookie and it's not being known. It's about being obedient. And if you want God to do a new thing in your life, it's more important that you just simply obey than it is to work your plans and work your agenda and be known. Here's the problem with being known or, or trying to look a certain way or act a certain way or have people think that you're smart. You start talking. And it ruins everything. Because eventually people see you for what you really are. You put on a good front, but now we see you, you've made it for a little while, but now we know. On the other hand, when you're just obeying God, who can argue with that? When I read about Philip now, thank the Lord he went to that one man 
and found him and ran alongside that chariot and led that Ethiopian to the Lord because he took the gospel to Ethiopia. Now, here's my point. What great thing are you doing now that maybe God is saying, there's some new things, but it has to die. You're going to have to be ready to let that die and then just bury it and then follow me. Because that new thing, listen, the, the new thing is a, a, a powerful thing, but it can only happen when you walk it out. It can only happen when you decide, Lord, I give myself away. No one necessarily understands the, the calling that you may have. It's not easy. It's just finding your gift. We all want to help each other find your gifts and find ways to, to serve the Lord. But listen, God, God has never intended for us to live this out in a huddle on Sunday morning. It, it's not even about just getting in a grace group. You need to be in a grace group, please. Because you're going to talk about things like this. You're going to talk about the studies that you're involved in. And it's amazing how that when we start talking and I stop talking and people just interact with each other, it's amazing how the word becomes even more alive. See, I'm praying that as I'm speaking now, the Holy Spirit is saying, yes, I'm talking to you, this area, this area. What about this area? And that, that you go home and wrestle through that. But I also know, having been in this most of my life, that it lasts till lunch if you're not talking it out with each other. That's why grace groups and community are so powerfully important. Why is that? Because here's where the explosion of God's desire in this world is. It's when we start impacting nations. How do we do that? By impacting the people at work. By impacting the school. And, and when schools start doing things differently because everybody wants to follow Christ. Everybody's a Christ follower. And we, we want to do things right. What, what happens when businesses just start saying, you know what, we want to start doing things right. Well, you know, you can get around a lot of things with the law over here. That's okay. We're not trying to just get around. We're trying to be right. What would happen if, if our government started saying, no, we're going to do things right. Now, I know the right way has been defined 47 different ways. And then we have to vote, right? What, what would it be like if we really spent time on our face before God saying, God, how have you called me to impact my world? How have you called me to impact my family? How have you called me? What is that new thing that you are doing in my life? What is that new thing that you are doing in my life that you're wanting me to walk out and, and just be what you called me to be? Here's what God was asking Joshua to do. Lead these people in. He asked Moses to lead them out. Joshua was not leading them out of anything. <clears throat> he was leading them in to the promised land. Now here's why that's important. We've got to get out of the out of mindset. Most of us are just trying to stay out of trouble. We're just trying to stay out of the sin. We're trying to stay right close. We don't want to get over that gray area, but we're trying to stay out of the way of God's judgment. He wants us to move out of that and start leading people into a relationship with Christ. Leading people in a way that lives are changed and, and people's lives are impacted and families are impacted. Am I making any sense? What, what, what does that look like? Well, for one thing, Joshua 
couldn't just stand up and say, I'm in charge now. Don't, don't you just wish you could be Joshua for one second and somebody would say, well, who died and left you, boss? Moses. Here's the reality, though. Before Moses died, he laid his hands on Joshua in front of the people. Now, why is that important? Because Moses significantly was saying to the people, there's a transference going on here that when I'm gone, it's not so much Joshua, it's God in him. Because that last little verse there, it says, and the people obeyed the word of the Lord and all that he had commanded. See, it wasn't that Joshua was now the man. He was. But it was God in the man. What he's calling you to is not that you suddenly become the man. You may have to learn new skills in this new season. Um, you, you may have to learn new things in this new season. Please don't ever stop learning. I, I, I hear so many times, especially, and, and I understand, and, and they, they say this in jest, most of them, but I hear so many college students say when they're finally getting ready to graduate, I'm never reading a book again. And we know why we proclaim that. For 30 seconds. You can't stop reading. You can't stop learning. You can't stop developing. Why? Because where God is taking you, what you've always done will not get it done anymore. As a matter of fact, in, in our world today, in the world that we're living in right now, we need to be so much more knowledgeable about the Word of God. We need to be able to explain God's Word. I'm very serious. And if you're thinking, well, I'm just not an academic. This isn't about being an academic. This is telling stories. The stories of God in your life, in the Word. Being able to tell people what God has done. Because Joshua knew that he wasn't just trying to get people out of bondage. He was trying to get them into freedom. Into the promised land. And, and the way that, the only way that was going to happen is if the people saw him being laid on hands by Moses. What does that mean for us? Throughout the Old Testament, there were several times when priests were being anointed. Um, they would be brought before the people, and the people would lay their hands on them, signifying, we trust where you're taking us. We trust what you're doing. It, it was a sign that God was present in that process. In the Old Testament, Acts chapter 6, when the, the numbers had gotten so large in the New Testament church, the widows were, were being neglected and different ministries were being neglected in the church. And so the apostles said, listen, I want you to choose six men among you who are filled with the Holy Spirit and with wisdom. And with wisdom. What is wisdom? Knowing what to do. Knowing what to do with your gifts. Knowing what to do with what God has given you. Not just being gifted, but knowing what to do with how God has gifted you. God, give me wisdom to do this. Give me wisdom to make the right choice. Give me wisdom to lead these families. And so, we know that, Sol uh, that Joseph was filled with this wisdom. That Joshua was filled with this wisdom. But what does that mean for us? 
it means I've got to put myself in a position where I'm saying, God, please allow your Holy Spirit to lead and guide me every step of the way. Please allow your Holy Spirit to lead and guide me every step of the way because I know there's some things in my life that have to end. I know there's some things in my life that have to be buried. And I know there's some things in my life that you're moving me into, but I need the grace and the wisdom to step out and go there. Back in chapter uh, 6 of Acts, when they called those men forward, they laid their hands on in front of the people. Why is that important? Because people sort of know that when God sends somebody forth, something different's happening. Here's how I'm praising we close this series out. That you would even leave here today thinking, okay, I'm ready. I'm, I'm ready to let something die. I'm ready to bury something. Or I've been in that in-between stage, and I'm ready to step out. I'm ready to step out of that thing God has called me to do. I'm ready to step out into that thing God has been preparing me for. And it may mean leaving a comfort zone, but, but I'm ready. How, how do we do that? Well, only God, and you know how God has been wrestling with you. But here's how I want us to pray, and Emily, if you'll come. Praise team, if you'll come in just a moment, but I want Emily just to come and play softly right now. I, I want us to get ready to pray, because as the praise team sings in just a moment, I want us... All of you who feel like God is just speaking to you right now, and we don't do this all the time, but this is important. I, I want to call you forward because we're going to lay hands on you and pray for you. There, there's nothing magical about that contact, but, but there's something powerful about what happens when you do that. Lives are healed. Maybe some of you here this morning, that in-between time, you're sort of stuck there. You, 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 don't, you can't seem to move past that loss. You can't seem to move past. And over time, it's just caused a bitterness. And it's, it's caused a regret. And you look back and you're just like, I can't move forward because. And now you become the victim. Maybe today, being a victim has to die. Maybe today, that horrific thing. And listen, that horrific thing. That really did happen. It needs to be buried. Maybe, maybe looking back over your life and feeling like a failure needs to be buried. Maybe looking back at your life and all the would have, could have, and should have, just bury them. Maybe there's a part of you that's saying, you know, I, I've got great plans, but I, I just can't seem to, to get past this. I, I want you to consider that before you take another step here, ask God, what is he doing here in the in-between? Maybe it's healing. Maybe it's deliverance. I know this is a strong word, but it's true. Something's got a hold of you, and you're finally realizing that's got me trapped. That's got me sucked in. I can't move forward. And this isn't about coming up here and confessing everything. This is just coming up here, and even if it's under your breath saying, Lord, that stuff, please take it. Just us laying hands on you and praying for you today, just that release, I'm praying that you leave here today saying, okay, I'm ready for that next level. 
that thing that God is calling you to. And when I say that, I'm not talking about you leave here today and suddenly you decide you're going to be a pastor. Are you going to start a pulpit ministry? See, your, your calling is so much deeper than that, guys. You're going to find out that when you get to heaven, preaching, God used a lot of different people to do that. He even used a donkey one time. Okay? God's got some plans for you that's going to change neighborhoods and cities. God's got plans for some of you guys that, that you're going to change your whole office environment. And from that, people's lives are going to be changed. And the, the trickle effect is going to be incredible because now really like a river, life is going to flow. Um, it's are you willing to take that step into a new thing? God's already says he's going to do it. You don't have to do a thing, but go there. He'll make all things new. Amen? Let's all stand. Praise team, if you'll please come. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, Lord, we come to you this morning. And Father, I just say that right now, in the name of Jesus Christ, to every person who is hurting, to every person who is struggling, I pray that there be a peace in their midst right now that they understand the struggling's been there for a reason. The uncomfort has been there for a reason. The, the discontent has been there for a reason. Some things have to end. Some new things can begin. And Lord, there are many even here today that, that they've been sort of stuck because they won't let things end. Or even having things having ended, that they're stuck in that in-between time. Lord, wherever we are this morning, Lord, I pray that you would just begin to minister and heal right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, and for those who are ready, I pray, God, that they would understand that, that as they come today, Lord, we're really just sort of commissioning them to go forth and be what you've called them to be. Start taking steps of faith, Lord, that, that it's not about having to work things out in their own strength, but it's understanding that you are their strength. It's understanding that greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. It's understanding that no weapon formed, no weapon before us and formed against us can prosper. Lord, it's understanding that we walk after you and we become light when you are in us. So, Father, I pray that today, whether it's healing, deliverance, taking a step of faith, whatever it be, that when we come forth, Lord, and just lay hands on each other, that the power of your Holy Spirit would move in such a way, Lord, that we leave here knowing in our inner man things have changed. It's a new day. It's a new season in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, I lift up families right now. Lord, there needs to be a new season that starts today. I pray for businesses, Lord. There need to be new seasons that start today. We've been wrestling with it. We've been trying to decide what some next steps are and, and families have been wrestling. What's the next step? What's the next step? Lord, we need to understand that you have already ordered our steps and we need to be obedient to you. Now we ask this in the name of Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name. Our prayer teams are coming. I, I, I want our prayer teams and our grace group, a few of our grace group leaders to come. As they sing this song, 
I just want you to make your way down just for prayer, just for us to simply lay our hands on you to simply pray. And you say, well, Pastor, I'm a little embarrassed. Don't be embarrassed. This is about allowing the Holy Spirit to send you forth differently than when you came. You might need specific prayer for something. Come down. We want to pray with you. Amen. Go ahead and sing. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you want to hear more, you can find our entire archive on our website at graceriverva.com. Also, if this message has touched you in any way, we would love to connect with you. Do this by filling out a connection card at graceriverva.com connect. From all of us at Grace River Church, have a blessed day.